Hi everyone, my name is Zoe Booth and I'm here recording episode three of the Quillette Cetera podcast. Today I'll be speaking with Emily Dye. She's a PR advisor from GT Communications in Sydney and she's worked in many libertarian spaces and organisations in, including Legalise Vaping Australia. So she's the perfect person to be discussing Australia's new ban on disposable vapes and other vape and tobacco products. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. Emily and I are here today because we're friends and we've got into a few debates about vaping and Australia has just uh, decided to ban recreational vaping in a crackdown on big tobacco. I tend to be of the belief that the ban is good, that we should be banning these disposable vapes and Emily is against the ban. So Emily, tell me, why are you against the ban? I generally take the harm reduction stance on this topic. Um, We do know that vaping is healthier and better for you than smoking. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's perfectly good for you, perfectly safe, but it is better. And so I think that the government should be actually encouraging it as a harm reduction tool as opposed to restricting it. I also think there's quite a bit of fear mongering around Mm -hmm. vaping and the discussion has been very muddled where people are correlating vaping and tobacco use and vaping is not a tobacco product but it's being regulated as one and it's being treated as one and a lot of the fear around it is because people see it as a tobacco product when it's not. Okay, so how should we be seeing it? Because it definitely is a nicotine product. That's correct. Okay, and one of the issues is that we don't know how much nicotine are in these vapes. And before we get more into it, I think it's probably useful for listeners or viewers to know that, so these are disposable vapes. Yes. But there are other vapes that are refillable. Do you treat them both the same? Are they both the same in your eyes, these two vapes? Uh, No. I think there's quite a few differences between the two. Um, One, environmental. Mm -hmm. I don't think that having disposable vapes scattered around the city is a very good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think health-wise, the larger vapes tend to be better regulated. They're shops that have been trying to follow the legislation, trying to do the best by the consumer, while the small vapes that you're seeing in these shops, most of them are actually illegal and have been illegal for a long time. So they're nic- they contain nicotine. They're not supposed to contain nicotine. That's against the law in Australia and has been against the law. So it's a black market. And I think that's been caused by the overregulation of vaping broadly up to this point. Interesting. Okay. Yes. These these are the main vapes that are that the government wants to ban. These these are the issues. Um this is what the kids are smoking or vaping in schools. It's what you see scattered around Sydney and other cities around Australia. As you said, these have been banned since I think 2021. Um, and from my research, I, I read that they're getting into the country through the importers not declaring that they have nicotine. They say they're nicotine free, but they're not actually. Yeah, that's correct. Mm -hmm. And that way we don't actually know how much nicotine is in them. So are you for these being banned or not? I'm for them being regulated. Okay. So I think because we've banned, instead of allowing for a proper market to develop and proper regulatory bodies to be inspecting these, making sure they don't have carcinogens, making sure that they're meeting all the health standards, they have an appropriate amount of nicotine. That would be the ideal world. 
But because they're banned, we get them snuck into the country. People are now addicted to them and they're going to continue using them. And so we've kind of created a problem that never needed to exist in the first place. Right. So what would you do to rectify the problem instead of doing what the government's doing now? I think the worst thing for the illegal vape market would be to legalize the vapes and to allow better products to come in and compete and compete on the fair ground. Because right now the vape shops are being really regulated. They have to have signs and warnings saying, oh, this is a tobacco product. Here's the quit hotline. It's not a tobacco product. Doesn't really make sense in that context. They have to hide their products behind like a black sheet. They can't display them. Mm -hmm. Um, There's lots of rules on advertising. Well, with these illegal vapes, they can just be anywhere. They aren't following the rules. They're easily available. So we've made it a lot harder for the healthier option to flourish. So you wouldn't restrict the importation of these? No, I would simply regulate them just like any other vape and have it be a level playing field and allow the free market to adapt. Because those are a lot more expensive than the other vapes. I think you can purchase one of the big vapes. It'll be like $200, $250. And that's a one-time purchase at last. Then you buy juices. I think we worked it out. My partner, who is a vapor, mm-hmm. he spends about $8 a week on mm-hmm. vaping, I think is what it comes out to. Once he's accounted for the nicotine that he is imported mm-hmm. from New Zealand and the vape juices and the vape purchase. So it's not a huge expense while the smaller disposables tend to be quite pricey. They're like 50 bucks a pop if you go through one of those in a week. Yeah. But to my understanding, people like your boyfriend have always had access to those bigger vapes that like proper vapes with the juice and all that stuff. Like he's been able to get it. I'm sure sometimes there are some issues getting it. I think people have to import it from New Zealand. Is that correct? Yeah. So he got it just before the nicotine ban came in. So he went and he purchased a bunch of nicotine. (laughs) Right. So he can't buy that juice, that liquid here. No, that's not Ah. legal. You can get a prescription now, and go through those chains yeah. in order to access it. So why wouldn't he just do that? Uh, well, he's now already adapted to it beforehand. But also we're putting a barrier to entry on something that I don't think should have a barrier to entry. We need to be encouraging people onto vapes, kind of like the UK is doing. You can get them for free in hospitals in the UK right now because they've had so many health benefits for smokers to quit. Mm. Um, so I think that we're, we're causing the health crisis when it comes to smoking to be a lot worse mm. because we're restricting, we're adding barriers to entry. Yeah, so I tend to agree. It's just that there are, for me, there are two separate issues. There's the proper vapes, which, as you've said, should be encouraged. And I believe in these sweeping reforms, they're going to allow all doctors to prescribe vapes. Whereas before it must have been only certain types of doctors, but now all doctors will be able to prescribe. So I assume you're pretty happy about that. Yeah, that would be a benefit. That said, I don't think you should have to get a prescription for something when you can go into any 7-Eleven, any corner store and buy cigarettes, which are significantly more harmful. Mm. And there's been different numbers thrown around. Um, The statistic that came out of the UK and the UK um, governing health body was 95% safer than cigarettes. Um, A lot of people object to that. I don't think it really matters whether it's 95 or 90 or even 30%. If it's safer, then we should be encouraging that over cigarette consumption. Mm. Okay. So you would prefer for both cigarettes and vapes to be easily accessible to adults. Adults. Obviously. I don't support teen vaping. And Mm -hmm. I think that gets into the conversation around nicotine consumption for young people. And the the water's also been muddied on that whole space. Yes. 
we're demonizing vapes because teenagers are consuming vapes and like, oh, it's the flavors. They're trying to get children. When really, like, why are we regulating adults based on what teenagers are doing? We should be regulating adults on what we want for adults and regulating teenagers for what we want for teenagers. We should ban vapes for teenagers. You should Mm -hmm. have to present your ID to get a vape. And we shouldn't have a very successful black market out there that's making it really easy for teenagers to get vapes. Mm, These disposable vapes. Yes. Because I haven't seen any teenagers vaping on those legit vapes. Well, no vape shop that's selling the larger vapes is going to give one to a teenager. They're simply not going to sell it because that's against the law. That's not what they're there for. They're Mm. there for harm reduction. These are against the law too. They are. Mm. Um, And they're not even trying to follow the law. So Mm. I think that's the difference. We've created a black market where they're not even, it's, it would be like any market for a drug. They're not going to follow. If you're selling marijuana illegally, you're not going to check someone's ID before selling the marijuana. It's the same thing that's happening with these vapes. I just wonder though, I wonder whether we did create a black market because from what I can see, because I was in a, I was out of Australia for about four years. And when I came back, I noticed that everyone was sucking on these disposable vapes. So a lot of the people who vape with these uh, are teenagers or young adults like myself who never smoked anyway, whereas the people vaping the proper vapes are actually ex-smokers. So they're two different like markets. Yeah, so I'm first going to object on the never smoker mm-hmm. thing. I think never smokers are not vaping. They are a very small percentage. In the United States, it's uh, 0.4% of never smokers are vaping or have vaped. Um, And then when they do, they're vaping significantly less nicotine than Mm -hmm. smokers or intermittent smokers. So I think that that doesn't really, it hasn't been shown in the data. The same as for Australia. I think they're estimating 0.8% of never smokers are reporting having vaped. So it's a very small percentage. But all that data would be proper vaping, not vaping with these. It would be any vaping. Any sort of e-cigarette device. But these are so new. And I don't think we have enough data, especially from Australia. I mean, in in the States, you've had jewels and things like that for a while. But even then, jewels are a, a proper in the sense that you refill them, correct? These are disposable. These are, I think this is the main issue. And this is what's, I don't know how you could object to the fact that teenagers who haven't smoked are getting onto these. Like maybe they've smoked one cigarette in their lives, but they're getting onto these disposable ones. So the data doesn't support that there's been a massive, there has been a massive uptake in vaping among teenagers, but that is mostly replacing smoking. So we've seen an overall reduction in nicotine consumption among teenagers. And it blew my mind when I saw that because I actually didn't think that was the case. But we have seen a reduction in both smoking and overall nicotine consumption between 20. 12 and 2022, there's been a reduction from 17% of teenagers consuming nicotine to about 14% of teenagers but consuming nicotine. But that's also to do with generational change. I mean, in Australia, a packet of cigarettes can cost about $40. Yes, but in previous decades, we haven't seen that kind of drop. So this is an astronomical drop that hasn't been consistent. Prior to the advent of vaping, teenage smoking and nicotine consumption was around 20%, 22%. And it hadn't been dropping. It hadn't been dropping for like 40 years. 
But and have you seen any teenagers, people under the age of 18, vaping the vapes that your boyfriend vapes, the big vapes? No, they can't get them. They're regulated. So how how is it that they've been switching to, to vaping? They've only switched to vaping once these became available, which is about two years ago. They're, I think those have been around for more than two years. Um, I've been working in the vape. I started working in the vaping space about four years ago in Australia, and they've really come to popularity around 2014, 2016 is when the real uptake of vaping of all kinds started. That includes Juul. That includes the disposables. That includes the massive vapes that you're referring to that most people use for harm reduction and are mostly used by ex-smokers. But some of these kids who are vaping these today would have been about 10 or even eight years old four years ago. So they're going through their adolescence without picking up a cigarette. And we can't which is say, a good thing. which is great, but they're picking up these. Yes, but they're picking up these less than they were picking up cigarettes. And these are less harmful. They, I would say that for a teenage developing brain, they should not be consuming nicotine. I think that can, we can all agree on. Um, that said, I still think it's better that teenagers are vaping than they are than it would be if they were smoking. And this has been showing a replacement that people are choosing to vape instead of smoke, even teenagers. The issue is, and this is from someone who's grown up in Australia and went to public schools and, you know, it was around a lot of kids whose whose families smoked because it is a class issue in Australia. Nicotine is mostly consumed by, or tobacco products are mostly consumed by, um, like there's a correlation between, you know, people who are struggling financially or in less, you know, white collar roles and cigarette smoking because Australia has such a history of really cracking down on on tobacco. Um, as a teenager, it was really hard to get my hands on a pack of cigarettes, really, really hard. Um, you'd have to find an adult to buy it for you and then you'd have to come up with 30 bucks or 40 bucks. Um, they maybe weren't quite as expensive back then. They were probably like $20. Um, but these are so easy because you can just walk into 7-Eleven. And there might be slightly different teenagers that are accessing them than have been with smoking. Um, but teenagers were definitely accessing cigarettes. You may not have been the teenager that was accessing cigarettes 10 years ago, but I, my partner is a good example. He started smoking when he was 15. Um, he stole them from his mom, mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. as teenagers are wont to do. They pa kids would the kid that had the access could then sell them at school, etc. Mm. It gets it it is a problem and has been a problem traditionally in Australia that teenagers smoke, mm. um, and they find that the same teenagers who are likely to smoke that tend to be lower income, more uh, less risk averse than other teenagers. Yeah. Um, Bad kids. Not yeah. really. My, my partner wasn't a bad kid at all. But yeah. um, those, despite those, being from Newcastle. Despite being from Newcastle, <laughs> Maitland. So. Yes. Um, those same kids are the ones that are picking up vapes. Yes. So there is that. Um, it's a replacement good, which is what we do want to see because while vaping is not good for teenagers, particularly with nicotine in the brain and in a developing brain, it's not as bad as cigarettes, which we do know give you cancer. Are have significant number of carcinogens and when you start as a teenager you get stuck on it and that's the concern obviously with vaping is that you can get stuck on it throughout life um what about the argument that you know if when your boyfriend wanted to smoke at high school 
Um, you'd have to go into the school toilets or out of school. You'd wag or um, I don't know what you call it in the States when you skip school. Um, you know, <laughs> Playing you, cookie. Yeah, playing cookie. Uh, you definitely couldn't smoke on school grounds. It's so obvious when someone's smoking. These are not so obvious. I've seen, you know, you can essentially vape indoors and kids do vape at school. Uh, they're finding these in kids' um, pencil cases. They look like highlighters, you know. They smell like a cologne or a spray of some sort. And personally, I've seen it that people just vape these far more, like they all, they're almost chain vaping, um, whereas people have to go out and have a cigarette. So it sort of limits your consumption. Um, plus, we don't know how much nicotine or we don't really know what's in these in, in general. Yeah. So, well, I think that's where the regulation needs to come in with the knowing what's in them and knowing the amount of nicotine that's in them um, and having those restrictions so it's much harder for a teenager to get a hold of a nicotine vape um, or really any vape. Um, I think we need to do more research on that um, and further regulation of what's in each of the juices to make sure that's safe. But these would still be – you're still happy to have these on the market competing with – They're not on the – I don't want them on a market for children. I want there okay. to be – as you were saying, the children aren't getting a hold of the big vapes, mm -hmm. and that is because that is a much more regulated market, and those the people that are selling those are operating um, but in the legal market. You wouldn't mind – You'd, you'd think it's better that kids get their hands on the big vapes than the cigarettes. I'm not arguing for kids to be vaping at all. Mm. I, I don't think children should be vaping, mm. but I don't think we should be making policy for adults based on the bad behavior of children. And I also don't think that the fear around teen vaping, I think the fear around it is way out of proportion and it doesn't match the harm. So yes, there's damage from vaping. Yes, there's damage from nicotine. Um, I think the main concern with nicotine is that um, it's highly addictive. That said, there's some other health ramifications I was just mm. reading um, mm -hmm. recently, and this may be a good one for parents who want to use this for their boys. A uh, high level of nicotine consumption can reduce your dick size. Oh. Um, and that has been proven. It, has, it reduces the blood vessels, yeah. um, and so you get a smaller dick. Yeah. So that's any boys out there that are vaping, yeah. just a word to the wise. Yes. Yeah, it's definitely not good for f fertility. I know about that, both for men and women. Um, and my main concern, the reason why I stopped buying these, I'd only vape on the weekends when I was, um, drinking and things like that. I wouldn't vape through the week. Um, as I know many people do, but the reason I stopped is, well, firstly, they're expensive. These are about $40. Uh, well, it's like a pack of cigarettes. Um, and secondly, they're just so bad for your lungs. Like I, I noticed, a difference uh, the next day after, you know, vaping one of these on a Saturday night, I'd really feel it on a Sunday. Um, and different to cigarettes, like I would maybe smoke one cigarette a night to perhaps, but with these you smoke, you're just like constantly vaping. And because I don't know what's in it, I'm not really sure what I was ingesting. So that's one of the reasons why I don't vape anymore. Yeah, no, I think it's a wise choice to not vape if you're not trying to quit smoking. Um, that said, the damage that you've done to your lungs by vaping is so much less significant than any damage mm. you could have done by smoking. Mm. So by buying a cigarette on a Friday as a, and smoking while you're out or in vaping while you're out drinking 
is so much better for you mm. than having bought a pack of cigarettes because we know what's in that. We know there's tar. Mm -hmm. We know there's ammonia. We know there's, um, I think, 70 plus carcinogens mm -hmm. in a cigarette. Mm. There's less than 1% that amount in a vape. I wonder, though, when you say that um, vaping is better, do the stats, do we really have that information on these? We have that on all vaping in general. Including these? Including those, yes. All vaping, all e-cigarettes, Juul, Juul are basically those. There's no real difference. They're across the board, those statistics do exist. They found that people that are choosing to vape, um, when they test their blood, their saliva, their urine, they don't have the same chemicals that you would find from a smoker. They're, the chemicals that they find in their bloodstream and all of their fluids is the same as with a non-smoker. And I think people that have switched can attest to that quite well, that their lung capacity does go up. They feel a lot better. Doctors have been like, oh, wow, you're getting back on the track as if you just quit. Hmm. Okay. So w what are your other thoughts on as an American and as a libertarian? Um, although, would you still classify yourself as a libertarian or an American for that matter? Oh, that's a good <laughs> question. I'm still... I still have to pay taxes in America, oh, so... Not many, though, right? Not many, thankfully. Free. I don't make enough money to have to pay many taxes in America. Mm. Um, but I, I, do, I do think that Australia should be taking notes from what other countries are doing, particularly the UK. The UK is very positive on vaping, and that has had a significant reduction in their smoking rates, while Australia has fallen behind. Um, and I think I have the statistics here somewhere. I wonder if they have these disposable vapes in the UK. They do. They, they have the same sort of thing. Though I think the disposable base, vapes you're getting in the UK are going to be better regulated than the ones that you're getting in Australia. Okay. Hmm. We need someone from the UK to come chat to us about it because I know that when these were becoming popular in Australia, I was living in Spain and no one smoked, no one vaped these in Spain. Um, and obviously there are a lot of tobacco smokers in Spain. Um, they hadn't taken these up. They do smoke um, those Ecos cigarettes. Have you seen those? Those oh, heat yeah. sticks. Those also aren't particular. They're better, no. um, but they're not as good for you as, say, a vape. Mm -hmm. not, not vaping is good for you, but not as risk-free. Yes, yes. And that's what... Uh, John Safran talks about in his book Puff Piece. He doesn't talk as much about vaping. He talks more about uh, the heat sticks that Philip Morris created to circumvent the the cigarette bans in Europe. And those are still a tobacco product. Definitely, definitely. But um, so these are not tobacco products. They're There's just no nicotine. tobacco. Um, it's just the nicotine, which you can also find in potatoes. And Interesting. tomatoes and any of those nightshade Delicious. plants have, okay. to have nicotine. I think it was we. Uh, was all, I was doing a bit of research on this mm -hmm. in preparation. Good for this, <laughs> obviously. Um, and I, I found it really, really interesting how the nicotine has evolved. And I think they saw it as an insecticide. The plants right. used it as an insecticide to try to reduce, obviously, being eaten. Um, mm. And humans have adapted to have receptors in our brain for nicotine specifically which like does show that nicotine has a role in yep. our body's functions mm -hmm. um whether that role is all positive all negative nothing is all positive mm -hmm. all negative but they have found cognitive benefits from nicotine definitely um, it makes you more alert yeah and yeah and there's been studies on like parkinson's and alzheimer's and it's 
looking very promising to help with cognitive decline and those kinds of things. Is that Alzheimer's or old timers? <laughs> old timers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, when I was at uni, uh, in my last few years of uni, I would chew nicotine gum as a nootropic. Yeah. And I've yeah. I thought about that. Like a lot of the health channels, I was, I was mm-hmm. listening to Ben Greenfield's podcast. Yes. And he's very big into nicotine and biohacking and so i tried to get into vaping for that and i just couldn't get into it i was like maybe this will be like great for my brain yeah um i'm less convinced now Mm -hmm. i think anything that's that addictive can have Mm. problems i don't want to have the withdrawal symptoms um one thing that my fiance struggles with is he gets cranky if he doesn't necessarily have his nicotine and while he's weaning himself he's been weaning himself off with the vape I don't want to get into a position where I'm dependent on something and I'll be creepy, cr- cranky, cr- <laughs> creepy, creepy <laughs> if I don't get it. Yes. Yeah. When I was at uni, I I knew I didn't want to vape or smoke because I knew they weren't good for my lungs. Um, but I was happy to chew nicotine gum. I think one of the issues with nicotine gum, aside from being bad for like your stomach acid and mm. throat, I think it still can cause throat cancer and things like that. Um, but it just tastes disgusting. Um, it's, it's horrible and it burns your throat and that's what turned me off chewing it. And I didn't notice a massive increase in my cognitive ability. Well, it's a very slow release as opposed to, and that's what the concern is a lot of times with vaping is it's a really fast, immediate nicotine hit into your bloodstream, which is kind of why I don't like it. Cause then I get nauseous. Like I'll vape three times and I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go pu- Like, I feel like I'm going to puke. Yes. Um, well, a nicotine gum is much slower. A lot of people that are into that biohacking view, a nicotine gum or a patch is much better. Mm-hmm. Um, and would you be for, uh, regulating the amount of nicotine that's in the, in this vape juice? Or do you think it should be like, you should have a choice of the concentration. The way it is now with the big ones is you can kind of choose how much you put in, right. which is super beneficial for people trying to quit smoking because they'll start out and they'll have like as much nicotine as like a Winfield Red and then they'll slowly win themselves off. Um, and the less nicotine you have in your vape, the better it tastes. And so there's a really good incentive there, particularly if you've found a flavor that you love to help you get off of the nicotine entirely. So I don't think we should be too regimented about it, um, but with the disposable vapes, probably have a restriction on the upper limit that you can have. Have it be the same as your most potent cigarette and no more. That seems like a reasonable compromise, I think. So in conclusion, what would you, if you were, uh, who's the health minister at the moment? It's not Hunt, it's Mark Butler. If you were Australia's health minister, what would you do tomorrow? to improve the lung health of Australians when it comes to tobacco products and nicotine products? I would get rid of major restrictions on nicotine vaping. I would allow nicotine vapes to be sold in the same way that cigarettes are sold. And I would do what the UK is doing and start experimenting with free vape products for people like through Medicare to get it for um, harm reduction purposes. Mm -hmm. And by vape products, you mean all vape products? Obviously, well-regulated Gone, they've gone through the process. They've been checked. Okay. Not just like something you got from China. Okay. So not these. So not those, which are the things that you've got from okay. China. But they could be they could be a disposable version. I'm not necessarily opposed to that. I do think there's environmental factors, mm-hmm. et cetera. They're less efficient. But I would love to see actually subsidizing vaping because I think that right now 50, 50 plus people die every single day 
in Australia from smoking-related illnesses. Okay. I think of all the things that we could do that could increase the lifespan of our population, having vaping be more readily accessible to the people that need it would be a good thing. And then obviously having age restrictions that if you're underage, you can't access it. Okay. So because there are already age limits on people buying these, although they're not really enforced, right? How would you restrict the sale? Like, would you be okay with 7-Elevens and other petrol stations still selling these? Yeah. Yeah. In the same way that cigarettes are sold. Mm -hmm. But I think if you went into a petrol station and you were 17 and you wouldn't be able to buy alcohol, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to buy cigarettes. I think it should be the same exact system. And could have the police operating in a very similar way they do with those products, having fines and having punishments for people that are selling to underage. Um, But right now, they're in trouble for selling it all. So there's no real incentive to stop kids from buying vapes. Okay. So you'd have them show their ID. Yeah, exactly. Just like you would with any other Hmm. age-restricted product. Okay. Well... You've almost convinced me. What would convince you? I still am for the banning, the complete banning of these disposable vapes. I don't think there's any good reason to have these. Okay. Now, at the same time, if I was, uh, if I were health minister, I would completely ban these. But at the same time, I, I've, I would heed your advice to make what I see as the proper vapes. Um, the healthier vapes more readily accessible to people who need them. Yeah. Um, but these, I think they call them like recreational vapes and more health or prescriptive yeah. vapes. I mean, technically the vape that my partner has would be a recreational vape because he didn't get it through those other routes. Well, yeah, I would, I agree that perhaps a prescription is going too far, I think, Um, people who, adults who need vapes should be able to buy them just as easily as cigarettes. I agree that it's a pretty silly idea to make vapes more difficult to get than cigarettes. They should be easier. Um, But I really don't think these disposable vapes that we have no idea what's in them, I just don't think they should be getting into the country at all. I see no benefit of them coming in because I just see mostly children smoking them and then a lot of people like myself who wouldn't wouldn't go to the effort of getting a proper vape and who wouldn't buy a packet of cigarettes anyway. I'm the type of smoker who would bum a cigarette from yeah. someone else, you know, but I would and I have bought these. So I don't I would prefer that I didn't have the choice to buy these and I guess that's where it comes into the philosophy like I'm not a libertarian. I think we should have restrictions on products that are really bad for people. I, I don't think we entirely disagree. Yes. Um, I want to see these products tested and anything that gets out into the market to be well tested, well regulated. I don't want some vape coming in from who knows where and it's got lead in it or something. Like, and, and when we're not regulating, we're not testing what's an entirely illegal market, then we can't do that. We're not doing that. So I'd say I agree. I do have a problem with the way those disposable vapes have come into the country, have come into Mm, 7-Eleven. Yes. And I would like to see that stopped. Absolutely. And I would like to see the legal market flourishing and people using them for what they're supposed to be using them for. So we pretty much agree. Pretty much. We've come to a good point of agreement. We're not going to have a big brawl. I was hoping we'd have a brawl. Disappointing. (laughs) All your viewers are going to be so upset. I know. Ah, well, for next time, we'll have to choose another topic that gets us really fired up. 
religion, banning of pornography. That one gets us fired oh. up. Stay tuned for the next episode. We'll have to talk about that. <laughs> Do you support banning pornography? Oh, who knows? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for talking uh, with me today, Emily. It's been a pleasure and, yeah, have to have you in another time. Thank you. It's fun coming on.